Hi, I'm Saruti Bala. I'm Hannah Maguire, and we're the hosts of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. You may already be familiar with our podcast, Red Handed, but now we've taken our love of the macabre to Parcast for a very special series exposing the most nefarious groups in history. Each of the cults, clubs, or movements in Sinister Societies are analyzed in detail for their unique rituals or doctrines and the impact their belief had on those who followed them. Dive in with this exclusive clip from our first episode. If you enjoy it, be sure to follow Sinister Societies to hear more. New episodes air every Tuesday, free and only on Spotify. Nestled in the foothills of the picturesque Sierra Nevada, it was once called California's strangest vineyard. The winery was built and run by a secretive religious society called the Fellowship of Friends. The society's founder once predicted that Armageddon would happen in 2006 and also claims to have communicated with Walt Whitman and Plato. This is a story of how a so-called doomsday cult cultivated award-winning wines that have been consumed at an American president's birthday party, and maybe even by you too. Hi everyone, and welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I am Hannah McGuire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Every week, we're going to cover your favorite cults, faith followers, and secret societies. We'll have a look at some of how the biggest secret societies and cults in history have made their fortunes. And how they've also managed to run in plain sight and made people like us oblivious to the fact that we're supporting them. Today, we're going to tell you all about the Fellowship of Friends and its once flourishing and critically acclaimed Renaissance Vineyard and Winery. Let's get into a little background on the founder of the Fellowship of Friends, Robert Earl Burton, and how he went from teaching elementary school to religious leader to owning prime real estate in California's wine country. It's a well-established career path. Do you know what it kind of is? Because teachers are, firstly, you've got to look out for them, and secondly, all total records. So teacher to wine makes perfect sense, I think. To then cult leader, you know how to command a room. Well, it only takes so long. Absolutely, that's it. There's a tipping point. But the one thing I have to say, though, is I cannot say fellowship of friends without wanting to die of laughter. Why? Fellowship of Friends. That's a terrible name. I hate it. It sounds like you've just fan fiction Lord of the Rings. What are they called in that? The Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah. Even that's better. No, this is terrible. This is terrible. So to give you a little idea of just what we're in for, Burton once drove around in a blue Rolls Royce with the license plate that read Oracle. Mm, So I guess he's trying to tell us there that he has the power of incredible sight. And also, I think anybody with a personalized, I know I'm calling out a lot of people, but um, welcome home. Um, I'm your dad now. Anyone with a personalized number plate 
I is is asking you to look directly at them and I think it's a very odd thing to do. Well, you know, it fits his vibe, but I do enjoy the fact that he's, you know, hinting at the fact that he has um, all of this sight, but apparently not enough sight to know that that was going to make him look like a total twat. Not enough sight to foresee me being nasty about it. Um, so yeah, we don't know much about Robert Earl Burton's early childhood or his teenage years. But what we do know for sure is that Burton was born in Arkansas in 1939. He grew up on his family's farm until the age of four, which is quite like a grand way of saying that he grew up there. <laughs> if you're just there to your four, you didn't really grow up there. This It's like when people say they've been to India, but they've actually just been in New Delhi airport. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Oh yeah, I, I grew I grew up in uh, California, but actually I, I lived there for two months. It's, it's bullshit. It's not, it's, not, it's not how it works. It's not how time works. It's not how the passage of time works. No, it, it's not. And if he were any sort of oracle, he would know that. But yeah, so he's on this farm until he's four. And then it's around this age when his mother moved Burton and his siblings to California. Here, he attended San Jose State University. And soon after graduating in 1963, he got a job at Spring Hill Elementary School in the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, one of Burton's former teaching colleagues told a local newspaper in 2008 that, quote, he was kind of one of the stars Everybody loved him. But the colleague also added that after one school vacation, Burton came back, quote, transformed. He was dressed like a hippie, complete with a headband. Speaking of people who spend an afternoon in New Delhi Airport. <laughs> we are all one trip to New Delhi away from a headband. From being hippies with headbands. During this famed vacation where he learned how to style his hair differently, um, Burton unsurprisingly got caught up in the spiritual movement of the 60s and in 1967, the so-called hippie with a headband resigned from Spring Hill Elementary, no doubt, to seek grander things. Three years later, in January 1970, he founded the Fellowship of Friends. At the time, he was living and preaching out of his Volkswagen bus in Berkeley, California. If someone is living in a bus... Don't do what they say. I was going to say, in the 70s in California, that's the man you follow. That was going down, wasn't it? I mean, sure, there were loads of them. I still wouldn't have been like, fantastic life choices. Please uh, take control of my entire existence. Would you like all my money and my house and my dog? That's why he kept all of his weird eccentricities a secret. That's why we don't know much about what he was really up to or what he was really into. But thanks to an LA Times article from 1996 we have managed to find a few interesting facts about Robert Earl Burton. For example, he apparently once liked to have his underwear pressed. Okay, define once. Like he talked about it uh, once? I think... Or he only did it once and he was like, this is rubbish, I don't want to do this anymore. I think it's like at one point in his life, he liked to have his underwear pressed. I see, I don't think that's so weird. Have you, do you know about radiator pants? No. Okay. You're literally looking at me with such fear in your eyes. I mean, I can guess what they are and I'm not anti it. No, I'm very pro the radiator pants. Um, our American friends, uh, we are referring to underwear, not uh, trousers. Radiator pants, alternatively, the spicier version is microwave pants. If you put your pants on the radi radiator or if you're really cold, in the microwave. Mm -hmm. Snuggly undies. I mean, I can get on board with that. What I can't get on board with is ironing anything. I don't do that. I literally just bought an iron. I just, I refuse. I did refuse until creases in my 
decorative throw pillows in my new flat and just looking at the creases makes me feel upset so um so you're ironing throw pillows i'm i yes i'm they're on my bed they're not in the living room okay um, but yes i am now a person who irons bed sheets hello my name is karen mcguire i am my mother I mean, I like how you ended the caveat of they're in my bedroom, they're not in the living room, like that was going to make it less <laughs> weird. Arguably, fewer people will see that, so it's even weirder. But I'm not here to judge you. Not in I'm my house. If anyone's there at all, they're coming to bed. But no, okay, so he, Robert Earl Burton, coming back to him, um, he liked to have his underwear pressed, apparently at one point in his life. He also liked silk socks and manicures. Again, two things I cannot get on board with. You love silk? Not on your feet. On your head, yes. Pillowcase, yes. Always silk pillowcases. It's good for your skin. It's good for your hair. But socks should be, must be, cotton or woolly. No other options. And manicures, I don't like it because I don't like people touching my cuticles. It makes me feel very, very unwell. Fine, let's escape the vomit bucket and press on. The Fellowship of Friends teachings are based... Loosely, I'm going to say loosely is even a loose word for this, uh, very, very loosely on early 20th century Russian philosophy. And the ideas are called the fourth way. A lot of the letter F happening mm. today. And one of the concepts of this fourth way philosophy is that humans are spiritually asleep. So are we all Russian sleeper agents? Is that mm. that's what I'm taking from that sentence? And all of us sleeping Russian sleeping sleeper agents need to reach enlightenment but we can only do that when we're in a state of constant self-awareness. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I think I think there is such a thing as being cripplingly self-aware and it's called anxiety <laughs> and I have it. <laughs> Don't really wake up at like 2 a.m. being like, you did say that in year nine, you idiot. So Burton adapted this uh, anxiety philosophy to better suit his needs. And he thought that the needs of the Fellowship of Friends too. He insisted that his followers not give in to negative behaviours. These behaviours, P.S., are also known as behaviours that will keep him in total power over the group. And these behaviours that were not allowed are complaining and gossiping. What? Yeah. Apart so, from eating, they are my two favourite things to do. It's true. Complaining and gossiping and eating. It's just no dissension within the ranks. You can't be upset and you certainly can't tell anyone about it. Mm, I see, I see. And additionally... To keep everyone vulnerable, defensive body language was a no-go. What if you're cold? I don't know. I feel like because I'm quite tall, my natural stance is quite defensive because I'm trying to hide how big and massive I am. <laughs> it just makes me think of like a Pokemon. <laughs> Literally, I'm constantly hunched over like Quasimodo. You've got excellent posture. Thank you, but you, I, I do not. You're, I mean, you're very tall and you're, you, I think you look very tall and well-postured. Um, I'm sitting in a chair and it makes me look like I am even half the size I am because I'm always so slouched over. Terrible, terrible posture. But anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what if you're cold and you cross your arms? You're not even allowed to do that. No. This guy's a monster. And as if that was not enough, the next thing on the list that he starts to do is a cult classic. It's Give Me Your Money. Give Me Your Money, also known as economical financial abuse. Mm -hmm. the, yes, nailed it. And... Christian, Christian churches call this tithing, so it's like it's a, f a very normal thing in a lot of places in the world, but Burton took it one step further. Uh, he made all of his members of the Fellowship of Friends, every single one of them had to give 10% of their salary straight to him. 10%? It's quite a lot of percents. That is a lot. The classic, classic cult klaxon, 
ding 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 I know that's not what klaxon sounds like but I don't have the um, oral posture skills <laughs> to be able to do a klaxon sound with my mouth but yes absolute cult klaxon going off loud and proud in your ear you did hear correctly 10% of people's salary I thought we were doing the cult wind chime oh yeah ding 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 yeah much better there you go nailed it coming up how Robert Earl Burton and his fellowship of friends created their award-winning wines. Wines so acclaimed that they were fit for an American president. Thanks for listening. Ready to finish the episode and hear more? Just follow Sinister Societies free on Spotify and catch a new episode every Tuesday.